The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. Coming up, we're going to continue with our off-season NFC check-in. This week, we're going to take a look at what the Dallas Cowboys have done. We're going to talk to our good buddy, good friend of the podcast, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. You, of course, also know him from the NFC East mixtape and all of the other podcasts that he does for SB Nation. We're going to talk about the draft, the free agency, and what holes still remain on the Dallas Cowboys and where he thinks they slot in in the NFC. So we'll do that. We did the 49ers a couple weeks ago. We did the Lions last week. And so we will do the Dallas Cowboys here on this edition of Eye on the Enemy. And also... There's one potential move in free agency that I still think makes a lot of sense for the Eagles and the no drama Philadelphia Eagles. We'll get into that coming up here in just a few minutes on Eye on the Enemy as well. But before we do that, just a reminder, BleedingGreenNation.com has all of the latest news and rumors and updates from OTAs, all of the off-season camps that are going on. Brandon Lee Gowton has been reporting on all of that, so make sure to check out everything that he has written so you know what's going on with the birds. And then, you know, you could check out past, you can check out the 49ers podcast and the Lions podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts and check out the two most recent Eye on the Enemy pods. And you can also hear from the insiders for the 49ers and the Lions about what's going on with them. Well, continuing our series of check-ins with NFC contenders that could potentially knock the Philadelphia Eagles off their perch. Obviously, a couple weeks ago, we did the 49ers. Last week, we did the Lions. And this week, we do our good friends, the Dallas Cowboys. And joining me is good buddy RJ Ochoa, managing and manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, the SB Nation Cowboys site. Of course, he also is the host of the Ocho and the SB Nation NFL show. Follow him on the Twitter machine at, what's your Twitter again, RJ? I, I, I had it in front of me and now I lost it. Uh, it's RJ Ochoa. I make it simple, uh, even amidst um, all the, the current, you know, um, environmental situations that are, are plaguing Twitter. But yeah, just RJ Ochoa, nice and simple. No underscores, no periods, no numbers, no nothing. See, I was going to throw an underscore in there, but I'm glad you set me straight, buddy. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well, uh, John. I, I know a lot, unfortunately. Um, you are my favorite Eagles fan, uh, so it's great to be in your presence. Uh, great to be on the airwaves of BGN Radio. Uh, great to have an opportunity to remind you all that the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. Um, so, um, yeah, that's uh, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> that's what that's what you're coming with? That's <laughs> well, what you're coming with. Well, I you know, if you, you'll recall, actually, um, 
well, I guess five years ago, I said, you know, Eagles won the Super Bowl. You should tell everybody. You should rub it in everybody's face every chance you get. That's yeah, that's sports. That's the way it goes. And so, um, you know, if if not for an absolute hold, you know, maybe things would have been a little bit different, you know, right now in this conversation. RJ, we don't want to get started off on a bad <laughs> foot here, so let's just move along. And we're going to talk about your football team uh, for the most part here on this podcast because I do want to get a check-in, and obviously the Cowboys are going to be one of the main contenders in the NFC this year. If there's a team that can knock the Eagles out of the top spot, the Cowboys are certainly one of the teams capable of doing that if things break right and things break in a, in a way that's not advantageous to the Eagles. So um, first, let me just get the vibes from you. What are the vibes among Cowboys fans this summer? Are they feeling good? Are they feeling optimistic about being able to make a mount a challenge against the Eagles in the division and in the conference as a whole? Or are we are we feeling a little bit down right now? I think it's um, it's really just kind of a, a what mood do you catch us in sort of, you know, situation um now this time last year it was nothing but vitriol i actually talked about this um on my podcast the ocho um you know recently um last year was it was doom and gloom it was it was nothing but you know this team sucks how could you do this i mean the amari cooper trade was kind of the face of all of the dysfunction um and now i think people feel really heard um as a fan base you know the cowboys made a number of, of acquisitions over the offseason that were met with lots of approval not just among cowboys fans and supporters but i would say you know throughout the nfl community and, and maybe even amongst eagles fans um and so i think cowboys fans are really satisfied and i think that uh, considering we're only in June, people are about as happy as they can be. Uh, there are issues, I think, that the Cowboys fans have, and, and there are questions. But but even within those questions, there are easily discoverable answers. And so it's really difficult to find anything to be mad about um, other than, you know, okay, yeah, you've won 12 games each of the last two years in a row. You haven't won you know, double-digit games three years in a row uh, since the, the early to mid-90s. And so are, are you going to be yourselves? Are, are you going to finally kind of turn a corner and just be a sustainably good football team? Um, so the only thing that, that we're kind of fighting is the past, uh, which is often the case in mm. the world of sports. Yeah, it really is. And for the Cowboys, obviously, the the, the recent past, I mean, the, the distant past, that it's littered with all kinds of accolades and trophies and whatnot but it's been a rough go the last quarter century or so but when you've got a good starting quarterback and for you know Eagles fans know Dak Prescott is a good starting quarterback he's a very good starting quarterback and I think Eagles fans are probably higher on Dak Prescott than a lot of Cowboys fans are I wonder if you if you pulled the fan bases who has you know which fan base would hold Dak in a more favorable light I, I don't know that it wouldn't be Eagles fans because I think most Eagles fans really respect Dak every time we play him he lights us up where do you have him ranked just on your own in terms of NFC quarterbacks right now? Yeah, that's a, a really fun conversation. And it feels like, you know, we had the conversation when Derek Carr wound up in New Orleans. And then obviously, uh, when Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay, I don't know if you know this, John, Dak is actually with the Rodgers move, the longest tenured starting quarterback of, of any team in the NFL, not just NFC oh. teams. And so um, he's, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy how quickly time flies. But um, I mean, I think he's second at worst. I mean, right? Like, 
look, Jalen Hurts' 2022 season, you know, arguably deserved the MVP award. It's unfortunate the way the injury kind of uh, ruins the narrative of that. Um, and I think it's it's worth mentioning because this does become a hotly contested and hotly debated thing. These are both exceptional human beings, both Dak and Jalen. Dak is mm-hmm. um, not, not that this makes him a, a more exceptional human being, but he's, in case anybody forgot, the reigning Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Uh, so, you know, it, it, Good dude. it, 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 yeah, it also makes like criticizing the other really difficult and awkward because they're, they're both <laughs> such, you know, incredible people. Um, but so I would say that Jalen's had a season unlike anything Dak has ever done. Um, but, but I do think, I mean, Dak is the longest tenured quarterback with his specific team and he's been very good to use your word uh, or words um, for a while now for you know uh, almost a decade you know amazingly um, I know I'm rounding a little bit there but so you know you could argue the body of work is larger right like it's just kind of you know what mood you're in there um, who do you pick Hertz or Dak and and I think that that conversation can go any way uh, for uh, an objective person which I don't think any Cowboys or Eagles fan is but I do agree with you I think that, you know, maybe on the surface, some Eagles fans, you know, with trolling or whatever, do like to hate Dak. But I think if you, you know, you hooked everybody up to a lie detector test, I think that more Eagles fans would respect Dak's game than Cowboys fans. There are just a number that, that don't believe he's worth it. And, and you know, heavy is the head that wears the, the crown of, of the Dallas Cowboys quarterback position. And that's just kind of the territory that comes with it. Uh, for Dak's sake, I really am jealous of the kind of widespread loyalty that Jalen Hurts has from his fan base. Let's dive into what some of the things the Cowboys have done this offseason. And let's start with the draft because um, I think it was a solid draft. I think Cowboys, I think the Cowboys made some pretty smart moves. I think they filled some holes, um, but also didn't reach for for players. I know in round one they take is it is it Mozzie Smith or Maisie Smith? I never know how to pronounce his first name. It's the former Mozzie. Mozzie Smith. He's a big run stuffing defensive tackle, and then they get uh a tight end, uh Luke's uh schoonmaker. Yeah, there you go. Okay, for in round two, a tight end, a good um, possible Dalton Schultz uh, replacement at at tight end, and I those are obviously the the two headliners. Your first two picks are all you're always expecting to get the most out of those different uh, out of those two guys. How how, how much is Dallas going to rely on these first two picks to really give them a lot of run here in 2023? Will there be will there be a slow on ramp, or are these guys you know hitting hitting the ground running? You know, well, the Cowboys, um, like a lot of teams, have had a lot of success in the first round, and um, and, and and people hype them up for that. But I mean, if you can't hit your first round pick, I mean, you're really kind of you know not doing this thing right. Um, but the right. Cowboys have, have generally found Pro Bowl, All Pro talent in the first round. Um, and last year, everybody, you know, I mentioned that the tenor a year ago, everybody really was down on the Tyler Smith pick. Uh, but you know, he obviously wound up being an amazing player for them and, and a, a key cornerstone for the future. And so the hope and, and the belief is that Mozzie Smith is going to be that guy. He wasn't, you know, anybody who I think any Cowboys fan thought was a realistic option when you looked at, at mock drafts and kind of the the general, you know, drumbeat of what was happening, you know, within Cowboys Twitter. So it was a bit of a surprise in that sense. But mm-hmm. you know, th- this is a team that you know, for, I would say a year and a half now has talked about getting tougher and kind of, you know, you know, 
phrases like glass eaters and things like that. The, the Cowboys, you know, before the, the Eagle season of 2022, they got run out of their own building by the 49ers in the wild card round um, uh, two postseasons ago. And then obviously they lost to that same specific team in the division around last year. And and we all know how formidable the Eagles are at running the ball. Obviously, Jalen Hurts can, can you know, be effective as a passer as well. But that's they recognize that, you know, the top teams, you know, you're doing this eye on the enemy series, you know, with the top teams in the conference, even the Lions, they have an amazing offense line like yeah. these are all groups that can run the ball and Dallas has just kind of gotten by with defensive tackles they, they hadn't spent a first round pick on one since 1991 when they spent the first overall pick on Russell Maryland and so this is finally their premium resource at the position um, and there's a lot of people who believe Mozzie was was used a little bit differently in Michigan than the way the Cowboys are going to be you know using him and and that kind of falls within the the trust of Dan Quinn that everybody has and, and he certainly earned that benefit of the doubt during his time in Dallas and so I think you know the consensus is really high on him the school Schoonmaker thing, everybody was so excited about uh, Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer or Luke Musgrave even. I mean, you know, Luke Schoonmaker really kind of came out of nowhere. And I don't know that anybody's sad that Dalton Schultz left the Cowboys in free agency, but but it does kind of feel like they're entrusting that to, to a, a band of misfits. Granted, a, a second-round pick is hardly a misfit, but Jake Ferguson mm-hmm. came on strong as a fourth-round pick a year ago. Peyton Hendershot was an undrafted free agent. The Cowboys just have... A collection of Big Ten tight ends, and so these are you know these, that's not a conference you know where the tight ends are known for you know putting up a thousand <laughs> yards and, and yeah. catching you know ten touchdowns a season, but they they are you know the Cowboys have found effective ways to utilize them, but it does kind of seem like they're they're going to be you know greater than the sum of their parts so to speak, um, and so Schoonmaker has has been a bit quiet as far as OTA and minicamp headlines. Um, he was in a walking boot recently, but there there's no real panic there. He's the one that I think um, people are a little bit out on, and the Cowboys have honestly been a little bit too um, too risky with their second round picks in recent nature, so that doesn't exactly lend to a lot of belief in that selection. Do you think he'll end up being the starter um, at the at the tight end spot? I think that he's really athletic, and that's you know maybe more so than anybody initially thought. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of you know how this is like I'm sure you know people like I, I tell you man Quez Watkins watch out like you know there's, yeah. there's, you, you yeah. fall in love with your own players and and so mm-hmm. Cowboys fans are like Jake Ferguson man Jake Ferguson had like 12 receptions last year you know let's <laughs> let's just relax um, so. Yeah. The opportunity is there, but it's so difficult. And that was why so many people were against a tight end in the first round for the Cowboys. I think since 2000, there's been a single tight end with 1,000 yards their rookie season, and it was Kyle Pitts very recently. Um, so, you know, maybe that happens later on down the season, but Dak Prescott is somebody who who is known to utilize his tight ends. I mean, the playoff win that Dallas had in Tampa, which was one of the more impressive Dak games ever, Dalton Schultz caught two touchdowns. And so mm-hmm. somebody's going to be the beneficiary of that, whether it's Luke Schoonmaker or not, is kind of up to him at this point. All right, looking at some of the other day two or day three picks, give me give me one other guy that you're really excited about that they took with some of their mid to late round picks. Well, this is super low-hanging fruit. Uh, but it is the sweetest. Um, the Cowboys in the sixth round took Deuce Vaughn, the son of Chris Vaughn, obviously one of their scouts. That was like the story of the draft, and that has just that's like, you know, if you do what we do, like that is the gift that keeps on giving. Like that, like any time you mention Deuce Vaughn's <laughs> name, it's it's just immediate attention. Um, but the Cowboys do have, or you know, at least did have an opening at the running back position. Moving on from Zeke. Um, and a lot of people feel like that's been an addition by subtraction thing, not in a disrespectful way to Zeke. But um, I think if you've watched the Cowboys over the last couple of years, you recognize that, you know, 
he inhibits the offense in some ways. So now you've got yeah. some really explosive players in Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn um, and Hunter Lepke, an undrafted free agent fullback option who is, is a weapon in the passing game. We all know Mike McCarthy and, and his uh, his love affair once upon a time with John Kuhn. And so Deuce Vaughn <laughs> is, is probably that guy. I mean, there's a lot of people who, who do envision him to be Darren Sproles, who was a huge thorn in the Cowboys side during his time in Philly, but really his time elsewhere. And so um, if he's anything like that, that really does add another weapon and another element to their offense that has been very, very, very good at times. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, moving past the draft and looking at some of the other transactions, uh, really the biggest splashes came, I think, via via trades. And correct me if I'm wrong, if there's a free agent I'm not seeing or I'm not thinking of, but you know, trading a, a 2023 fifth-round pick to get cornerback uh, Stephon Gilmore, I think that just gives you another dog in the secondary. And whereas last year I would have said that I think the Eagles had the superior cornerback duo, I think it's now certainly a ball game uh, with Stephon Gilmore and, and Trayvon Diggs. And, and I think you all may have the the advantage there, but it's kind of weird. I think four of the ten best cornerbacks are playing for our two teams, uh, and that's a that's a big addition. How how good is Stephon Gilmore still for you? I mean, is he's not clearly what he was in his prime, but you know, is he is he CB one, CB two? Does it does it matter? Is he going to get the top wide receiver? Who, how how is the Dallas defense going to work that out? Yeah, I think he's, you know, if you're lining things up, if you're putting together a depth chart, he's CB2. But I think some of that is he's he's the elder statesman. It was so interesting when the Cowboys traded for him. You know, like, obviously, I'm well aware of Stephon Gilmore and, you know, defensive player of the year, Super Bowl winner, et cetera, et cetera. But I was not aware of the, like, just incredible respect he had within the NFL. I mean, I, again, like, I'm not saying anybody thought he was terrible or anything. But when that happened, you know, every Cowboys defender was just over the moon, you know, walking on water because this happened. I mean, just so unbelievably excited to work with him. And so I think that there's some of that effect. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy's first season in 2020, the Cowboys signed Gerald McCoy in free agency. And at the time, I equated that to McCarthy's Packers signing Charles Woodson. It's kind of this like, mm. you know, the, this elder statesman that you needed to kind of settle down the the young roster, whatever, somebody who's been there. And, and frankly, somebody who has seen 
some some terrible things. Somebody who has experienced heartache and pain. Um, the Cowboys don't have that dude. They don't have that guy who's who's been in these big games, who's been in conference title games, who's won elite hardware. And so I do think he kind of comes in and is the big brother that they need to, and, and specifically Trayvon Diggs needs. And he's the kind of almost exact opposite sort of corner in a great way. Uh, Trayvon is this risk taker. Everybody knows that. That's that's sort of the rap on him. Whereas Stefan is just incredibly polished. I mean, he's he's just perfectly sound in in all sort of fundamental areas. And so he he does give the Cowboys you know somebody to rely on. And that was a place where they really did struggle last year after Anthony Brown of all people got hurt. Um, you know they had to kick Deron Bland, who was one of their rookie wonders last year, to the outside because they weren't able to rely on Kelvin Joseph, who was one of those second round risk picks I talked about two years ago in 2021 so he really this is I mean this is maybe the best cornerback tandem the Cowboys have had since Mo Claiborne and Brandon Carr and that wasn't you know amazing but you know Mm -hmm. ever since then they've just kind of been struggling to find you know presences that they can trust as far as both players are concerned it's been a, a long time now and the other big trade that they swung was another 2023 fifth round pick and a 24-6 to go get Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. And uh, I know there's a lot of excitement about Cooks' avail- ability to kind of stretch the field for Dak. And um, there's been criticism of Dak's deep ball, but I know you've argued that you think you know Dak throws a, a, a good deep ball. We've seen that as Eagles fans. He's been able to do that. How big of an upgrade is getting Brandon Cooks into that wide receiver room to pair along with, uh, with, with CeeDee Lamb? Yeah, well, third and 30 uh, was a pretty deep ball. Uh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but um, yeah. You weren't bringing T.Y. Hilton back again to do that. That's right. But, you know, all of that really is connected um, because the Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton because they so desperately needed just any help at wide receiver. Yeah. They, they weren't getting it. They, they, they made a horrible bet in a number of different ways last year. They traded away Amari Cooper for whatever reason you want to believe. They signed James Washington and thought that would work out. They drafted Jalen Tolbert in the third round and put an enormous amount on his shoulders. And he really kind of failed at that specific challenge. Um, and, and they counted on Michael Gallup coming back from a torn ACL that, that he suffered in, in week 17 of the 2021 season. And and so everything fell apart. And that's why they just, you know, that that was T.Y. Hilton's first catch as a Cowboy, that specific play. Oh, and, I remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and he, he, he never really had another amazing one, um, although that's obviously hard to top. But uh, so Brandon Cooks comes in and, and suddenly gives you an option. Uh, you know, obviously the Cowboys were super tied and super connected to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, there were people who thought they might wind up with Jackson Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers this year. Uh, obviously, they had traded for Cooks well before that. But I mean, he's finally an answer. They, they, you know, he's and more than anything, he's an admission that they were wrong. Uh, he alleviates the pressure, not just on, on Jalen Tolbert now, but on Michael Gallup. And you're, you know, another year removed from Michael Gallup from the torn ACL. So, um, and again, you know, while he's not a Super Bowl winner, he's somebody who's been there, done that, somebody who's played with elite quarterbacks, obviously. Um, and, you know, I I am a big believer in Dak Prescott's deep ball, but I actually wrote last week, um, NFL's next-gen stats, you know, there's this great article that NFL.com did, um, had Dak Prescott as the fourth best deep, fourth best deep pass from the NFL last year. And so mm. we haven't seen a, a player able to unlock that for Dak. I mean, once upon a time, Michael Gallup was that guy, just kind of really consistently. Uh, but, but the offense kind of changed, and, and the Cowboys worked a little bit more underneath. And so Brandon Cooks isn't, you know, Deshaun Jackson or anything like that, but I, I do think he's somebody that's really going to help the Cowboys stretch the field in a way that they haven't been, to, uh, been able to in recent memory. Uh, one last, a couple more questions. Uh, I've seen some of the rumors about potentially the Cowboys swinging a trade for Dalvin Cook. Thoughts on that? Good move or not? How realistic? 
I mean, they've got Tony Pollard on the franchise tag. Um, they've got, <laughs> you know, they people forget they signed Ronald Jones. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if, if that's you, right. Um, who won the Super Bowl, by the way, uh, with the Chiefs. Um, yeah, and, I'm aware. Um, I mean, you know, Deuce Vaughn is there now. They have Rico Dattle and Malik Davis, two undrafted free agency year ago, who they really liked. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, maybe if he winds up, you know, a free agent, um, maybe they, they kick the tires, poke around. But, um, you know, everybody really thinks that the Cowboys want to run the ball because Mike McCarthy said it at the combine. Um, but as much as Eagles fans don't want to believe it, Mike McCarthy's a lot smarter than people think. And he knows who he works for. He knows uh, that the people he worked for built their NFL empire, um, you know, on, on the foundation of a team that ran the ball. And so they want to feel like that's the team they are. Um, I would just posit that, you know, a week after Mike McCarthy said they wanted to run the ball at will, they cut Zeke Elliott and traded for Brandon Cooks. <laughs> That's fair enough. Let your actions speak louder than your words, for sure. Um, so last thing for you here. So as you look at your roster, as you look at this team, understanding, of course, that additions can still be made. Guys can move in and out, and you'll have, hopefully, you know, no injuries that would that would really cripple you in any way. But the roster is post-draft, post-free agency, post-trades. It largely looks like how it's going to look like going into next season so where do you have dallas ranked in the nfc right now it's really difficult to rank them ahead of the niners even with san francisco having you know a carousel of quarterback options just because i mean the niners have beaten the cowboys in playoff games in back-to-back -back years with jimmy garoppolo and, and brock purdy i mean you know it's it's not about the quarterback for them and and if anyone knows that lesson it's it's the cowboys unfortunately and I mean, look, I, I think if, if the Cowboys played the Eagles a hundred times, I think the Cowboys may win 55 to 57 of those games. Uh, but it's still impossible to put them ahead of the Eagles right now. I mean, the Eagles mm -hmm. um, are the reigning NFC champions, reigning NFC's champions. They're fighting a lot of history. They're fighting a lot of regression to the mean in all likelihood. But so are the Cowboys. And, and the Cowboys are, are fighting a generational curse uh, that, that the Eagles aren't. Um, yeah. And so I'd, I'd put Dallas right there at third. Um, but it's it's a really interesting scenario. I do think there's a, a significant gap after those three teams. I'm not ready to believe in Detroit. Um, I believe a little bit more in Minnesota than most people. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, if it's not going to happen now for the Cowboys with, again, regression in all likelihood coming for the Eagles, with the Niners being in a, an even more strange quarterback space, like, when is it? Like, like what has to be the case for, for this to finally go your way? Um, and so that's, I think, partly contributing to some you know ridiculous optimistic hope for Cowboys fans but um, this is a team that will find the most unique and most embarrassing way to break your heart <laughs> nothing else has shown us over these last uh, two decades I think that's that's very much true but they are a dangerous team they always play the Eagles tough they'll win one of those games this year against the Eagles they they always do and um, whether it's in Philadelphia or Dallas where the Eagles have just They've not been able to win in Dallas over these last few years. It's um, they are a tough opponent, and uh, of course, uh, the schedule for the Eagles and the Cowboys are they get much harder this year. Both teams uh, were able to deal with an easy schedule last year. Both teams are going to have a more difficult schedule, although the Eagles do have the uh, most difficult schedule in the NFL this season. But maybe that's an opportunity that opens for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see uh, as these teams uh, continue to get ready for the regular season. In the meantime, if you want to keep an eye on the enemy, there's no better place to do it then over at blogging the boys and you can hear rj on with brandon lee gowton on the nfc east mixtape and of course on the sb nation nfl show and his po dallas cowboys podcast the ocho but like i like i said go over to blogging the boys and you can read all of rj's great work there hey man thanks for coming back on eye on the enemy buddy i really appreciate it john you're the man tell alec bohm to get off the il i need him on my fantasy team <laughs>
I'll work on it for you, pal. All right, well, before we wrap up, just a couple of quick things. I, I saw a name still floating out there that is still available in free agency. And as I look at the Eagles, we know that there are still a couple of spots where maybe they're not fully whole yet. And I think linebacker and safety are, are, are really the two biggest ones. And while there's no linebacker out there in free agency that I think makes any sense for the Eagles to go out and get at this moment, there is a name out there on the safety front that could be a guy the Eagles would have interest in as the as the summer goes along. John Johnson III, I don't know what his contract demands are, but he remains on the market right now. A 27-year-old, good cover safety. Not so great with the tackling and his ability to stop the run, but what the Eagles really want these guys to do is to be able to cover, and John Johnson has always been a very good cover cornerback, uh, pardon me, cover safety. Last season, in what was admittedly, I think, a down season for him, opposing quarterbacks completed just over 55% of passes thrown his way. That's a passer rating allowed of 82.8, according to Pro Football Reference. He has broken up 41 passes made and hauled in 12 interceptions during the course of his career, also forced four fumbles. Johnson did sign a three-year deal worth $33.75 million to join the Browns in 2021. Uh, he played his first four seasons with the Los Angeles Rams, but the Browns cut him back in March uh, in order to save $9.75 million against its 2023 salary cap. So still a young guy, 27 years old. And right now, as I look at the Eagles depth chart, they have Reed Blankenship and Terrell Edmonds as the starters with rookie Sidney Brown as the number three guy. And I think they still need to bring somebody else in. Now, no one knows exactly what kind of money he's looking for. Um, I think that this is, uh, you know, certainly if I think what the Eagles are looking to do here is to see what they have in OTAs, right? See what these see what Sidney Brown has, see what Terrell Edmonds has, see how Reed Blankenship looks and then kind of get an assessment after that. If they really love those guys, if think if they think those guys can can handle it and John Johnson is asking for a lot of money, I can understand why. Howie Roseman hasn't pulled the trigger yet. It doesn't sound like there are any NFL teams hot on John Johnson's heels. And uh, I would imagine Johnson would like to go play for a winner. Everybody wants to play for the Eagles. So if the Eagles show interest and the price is right, I could certainly see it happening. I think it's a smart move. I think it would be a wise move to bring him in at the right number. And what that number is, we have no idea what Johnson's looking for. And if, if the Eagles even have any interest right now, but for a team with a Super Bowl roster, I think it makes sense to do what they did last season, continue to add over the summer to shore up any weak areas. And in my opinion, safety is still a weak position for this team. But I will say, as I was reading a piece by Jeffrey Jahida on NFL.com, I'm sorry, I may not be pronouncing his name correctly, but he had a very good article on 10 questions hovering over the first wave of minicamps in the NFL. And among them, is it going to work with Mike McCarthy as the play caller in Dallas? Uh, can Brock Purdy repeat his 2022 season in 2023? And can he get back on the field in order to do that? Vic Fangio and his effect on the Dolphins' defense. Eric Bieniemy's impact on the Commanders, which when we get around to talking about Washington, I don't think we should sleep on that, by the way. Eric Bieniemy is a brilliant offensive mind. He's going to help the Washington Commanders. But what I did find refreshing is that there were no questions on there about the Eagles. And that's because I think the Eagles are one of the most stable, solid rosters in the NFL right now. There, there just are few question marks. The safety position is a question mark. Certainly the linebacker position is a question mark. 
You're resting a lot of hope on N'Kobe Dean being the quarterback of that defense. I know he was wearing the green sticker this week. He's going to be the guy who gets everybody lined up. Everybody loves his smarts, and he certainly is an athletic guy. We're all thinking and hoping that he can take the leap. But you also have Nicholas Morrow and Christian Ellis as the numbers two and three guys. I think linebacker is still the most pressing need on this team. There's just not a real obvious answer out there. So if I'm ranking the question marks for the Eagles, it's... What does what will Sean Desai's defense look like? How will it be differ, different from Jonathan Gannon's? Will they add to the linebacker and safety positions? Will Brian Johnson be effective as the new play caller? Can Quez Watkins improve? We heard Nick Sirianni this week say the most the, the player he's most excited about that he's seen the most improvement from so far this offseason is Quez. A lot of us have our doubts. That's why there are some calling for the Eagles to go after DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that makes a lot of sense from a financial standpoint and from a ball-sharing standpoint. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to get the kind of uh, targets that, that he's looking for. And when you're thinking about the price it would cost to get him and the target share you'd be able to give him, I don't think the two match up. It doesn't seem like a, like a, a scenario that makes a lot of sense for the Eagles from a financial situation and from a game-planning situation. But I also don't love Quez Watkins as the number three. And, and I think that's, you know... The Eagles did this offseason go out and they tried to find themselves another, uh, you know, a slot guy who may have been maybe a more true slot receiver. You know, a guy who might who might be a a better fit to play in the slot, to do the kinds of things that you would want your slot receiver to do, because Quez Watkins is your deep guy. Right. I mean, he's the guy that that you want to stretch the field. Uh, But in terms of like a a, a true slot wide receiver, the Eagles did go out and sign Olamide Zacchaeus. Um, and he might end up being the number three guy and Quez the number four. But it is interesting that uh, Nick Sirianni mentioned Quez is the guy who he thinks has made the most improvements this year. Who will win the right guard battle? Can Jalen Hurts put on a repeat performance? And how good will the Georgia Bulldogs that the Eagles drafted do? Jordan Davis, especially as we look as we look for more from him this year. But these are all standard, normal questions that you would expect to hear and see about a competent, excellent football team. There is none of this. You know, last year, what what is Jalen Hurts going to give you? That was the big question mark. One of the biggest question marks in the NFL was what Jalen Hurts would give you, right? I think we know that now. We know what Jalen Hurts is. And by all accounts, he's still, he's playing very well in OTAs. And you you can't take it. There's not a lot you take away from OTAs, right? Especially with an established quarterback that you've decided is going to be your franchise quarterback and for all the right reasons. So the less drama, the better. And there's no drama from Team Eagles right now. And I think Jalen Hurts and the rest of those leaders are are seeing to that. And it's a, a refreshing thing. Like this team just has its act together and they're going to roll through the summer and hopefully add a couple more pieces. And then we'll get some of the answers to these very standard, very normal questions once training camp rolls around and the regular season gets underway. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks once again to RJ Ochoa for stopping by and talking to us about the Cowboys. Please leave a five-star rating and a review at BG, for the BGN Radio podcast feed, Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, on your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. would love to hear what you think about the show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Eye on the Enemy. Gene.